morning, listeners. This is Silent Your Cell Phone. I'm Jarrett. Here are my co-host Kevin. Hello, hello. And uh, welcome to episode three. That was a great intro. Yeah, it's topical. It is. It's topical. Oh man. So, as is tradition. Yep. What'd you watch this week? Um. So I, after a lackluster week last week. Mm-hmm. I decided to step my game up. Okay. I watched quite a few movies. Um, what you said really resonated with me with, with trying to uh, try to walk, get a movie in every day. And so I tried that, and I got pretty close. I think it was six. Was one, two, three, four, five. That was seven. Uh, but two we watched together in a day. So <laughs> I guess I took a day off. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, watched, um, I watched The Tomorrow War. Okay. The uh, new one with Chris Pratt. Uh, good movie. I watched uh, Kung Fu Panda. Okay. Don't ask me why. I got um, my sister and me got into an argument about Jack Black, and um, I wanted to watch Jack Black's greatness. He <clears> is <throat> a national treasure. Really is. I don't care. So what she, I don't care what she says. Yeah. <laughs> Her opinion actually doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Katie. I love you. Um, I watched. Let's see. Austin Powers Gold Member. Um, Big fan of Mike Myers. Big fan of Austin Powers. It's like that's the most quotable movie of my childhood. <clears throat> Let's see. I watched The Purge. The took, first one? Yeah. Yeah. I took, um, took your advice. It wasn't scary. Yeah. Thriller. I was going to say, it gets advertised as way scarier than the actual movie is. The trailers are terrifying. Yeah, it's just an action flick. Yeah. That's all it is. So that was cool. Um, let's see. Obviously, we watched MASH and Good Morning Vietnam. And I also, at the request of my co-workers, uh, I watched The Big Lebowski for the first time. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That was a that was an experience for me. I really enjoyed uh, really enjoyed John Goodman yeah. in that movie. And the guy that plays Jesus. Yeah, I don't know his name. I don't know his name either. He's but funny. The Mr. Deeds Butler. That's true. Yeah. So uh, that's what I watched. What did uh, what'd you get into? Uh, my week was... Pretty similar, very eclectic, I would say. I really didn't have a genre or actor that I was following this week like I usually do. Uh, I did watch The Tomorrow War nice. when it came out with my parents. Um, did they like it? They did. Nice. Uh, and we'll probably end up talking about it a little more, but it was okay. Sure. Um, it was a good movie. I watched that same night. You know when you get in those moods at like... 11 o'clock at night, and you really don't want to watch anything that makes your brain hurt. Yeah. So you just throw on some really just random stuff. Yeah. Well, I was just scrolling through Netflix, and I ran across The Girl Next Door. Okay. I watched that again. <clears throat> it's actually been a while since I've seen yeah, that. Yeah, I didn't realize the main actress, the chick that plays the porn star, Yeah. Uh, is... Abby from The Ranch. Okay. Ashton Kutcher's yeah. girlfriend that he gets pregnant and all of that. Okay. Same same girl. <laughs> Never put that together. Nice. Um, after that, I watched Fear Street 1994 Part 1. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, my buddy Cody was over and we watched that. It was really good. Okay. Um, I'm excited to watch Part 2. Would recommend? Would recommend. Cool. Um, I watched The King on Netflix, 
which is kind of like a rendition of all of Shakespeare's King Henry books, like King Henry the Fourth, King Henry the Fifth, right. stuff like that. Uh, it's got Timothy Chalmette in it, Robert Pattinson. Uh, we love Robert Pattinson. Yeah, it's really good. Not a lot of action. Okay. Uh, a lot of dialogue, but I feel like a lot of medieval period pieces, especially if they're doing it based off Shakespeare, are going to be yeah. a lot of dialogue. With that being said, real quick, Robert Pattinson is Batman. You, you looking forward to it? or I like Robert Pattinson as an actor. Yeah. I am not liking what I'm reading about the movie so far, though. Okay. So, I think it'll be a good Batman. Yeah. I think the movie will be suspect. Are they, really, are they yeah. doing, um, do you know if they're doing the Jonah Hill thing? Wasn't Jonah Hill supposed to play one of the bad guys? I don't think so. Oh. I mean, Robert Pattinson just came out last week and said he doesn't want any comedy in his Batman movie, so... Well, Jonah Hill was, you know, okay. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I digress. Uh, and then, <laughs> after The King, I watched Good Morning Vietnam and MASH. Oh, yeah. With you, which yeah. are two themed movies of the week. And then that was it. Okay. So and we, we saw Black Widow. Right. Well, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Black Widow. Woo! That was a good time. Yeah. It was really good. It was so good that we're going to have a separate podcast for it. Yes. So we'll just go ahead and tell you the movie was good on this one. Uh, no spoilers. Go out and see it. And then if you saw it, or if you just don't care about spoilers and you like watching the world burn, you can just listen to our spoiler-reviewed podcast when it comes out on Monday. Savages. People, just animals. People like that, man. I yeah. Feel, oh, I couldn't do it. No. I I avoid them like the plague. Yeah. I try not to, like, if I know that I'm going to be late watching a, a big movie or a big show or whatever, I try to stay off social media. I can't. Yeah, social media is savage. They honestly don't care. They don't care. No. About your feelings, about your life. They don't care. And it's just like Thursday at midnight, someone's already spoiled <laughs> the movie because yeah. they saw it on Thursday and they're like, oh, well, I guess everyone's seen the movie as soon as it came out. You don't work. You don't have jobs. Yeah. What? Here, here's the post credit scene. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Oh, man. That's good stuff. So, uh, let's see. Uh, today's episode, we will be talking about uh, movies that we believe would have been better as TV shows. And I'm Really looking forward to this one. Yeah, and as we kind of prefaced last time, we had to talk about this before we just started recording because we both kind of had the same idea for what we thought would be the best series that would have been a better yeah. TV show. Yeah, there was quite a few, I think, that overlapped between me and you, and we just kind of ended up having to separate separate them a little bit Yeah, um, so that we weren't saying the same things over and over, over and again. over again <laughs> well there's a, there's a lot i think there's a lot of movies that apply here and when i was considering um what i thought would be better as a tv show i in my head i was saying that um these shows would have the same kind of budget that like game of thrones had captain uh falcon and the winter soldier things that have millions and mi millions of dollars uh, for a budget, um, just so that they could be done optimally. Um, 
but I think you ended up, you clarified that. It, yeah, I mean, that's that's one way to look at it. And right. some of these would definitely have the backing behind them. For sure. Some of them I don't think are big enough franchises to probably warrant an $125 million budget per episode like the new Lord of the Rings show is getting on Amazon. Yeah. But to me, when I was picking my movies, it would be what story do I believe could be told better in in a series instead of a like given more time yes yeah give me two to three seasons multiple episodes of this story that I want to be told than an hour and a half to two and a half hours mm-hmm. to try to jam everything down your throat right okay that's fair so um, that being said I'm gonna get it started cool with that yeah all right so one of mine movies that I believe would have been better as a TV series. Uh, Ready Player One. Okay. Um, I actually, and that's not to say I didn't enjoy the movie, because I did. Right. Um, but I think a lot more could have been unpacked with uh, TV series. Um, his relationship with Artemis seemed kind of rushed. Mm-hmm. Like, you just met this girl 10 minutes ago, you're already in love. Um, you know, that to me screams like, TV series like this this whole thing could have been way way better done if given more time right and I agree uh, I'm a huge ready player one fan Great of the movie, movie. Yeah. I read the book and really enjoyed it um but I would have liked to seen the Oasis more yes you know like we see it a, a fair amount but you know the challenges for the eggs seem really quick I would have liked to have seen more I guess, detective work and what is the egg? Right. Like, what are the hints we're given? Maybe introduce some of the side characters that we didn't get a little more in depth. Yeah. Instead of just, hey, this scene is, we know they're going to get an egg. This scene, we know they're going to get an egg. And things like that. So getting to expand on the universe and the Oasis and everything inside the Oasis would have been, would have been really cool. I agree with that. Yeah. And they, you know, they unpacked it a little bit. Uh, like with the first egg in the race mm-hmm. and they said oh well it hasn't been done and however long and blah 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 well it was like the second race that we saw right you know what I mean like I wanted it to be a, a challenge I want it to look challenging right um, because that's the purpose of the eggs the, right getting the keys and you know so um, yeah for me um, ready player one definitely I think would have been Although the movie was good, uh, better off as a series, as a TV series. Um, and guys, if you agree with any of the things, if you disagree, I'd love to know why. Um, you can message me on Facebook, message Jarrett. Um, we do have we, have, we do have an Instagram, Silence Your Cell Phones on Instagram. Yep, and then uh, you can send emails to Silence Your, Silence Your Cell Phones at gmail.com. Yeah. Um, so please feel free, reach out. Uh, let us know if you agree, disagree. Uh, your ideas, concepts, whatever you got for us. We'd love to get some feedback and hear from you guys. Uh, so, Ready Player One was mine? Yep. And you had a couple that I thought were pretty good. What, yeah. do, what do you got? I think one that I would have really enjoyed as a series would have been the Warcraft movie. Okay. Um, And for those of you who aren't familiar, this is the same world, that world of Warcraft, the MMO is based off of. But before the MMO came out, there were three real-time strategy games, mm-hmm. Warcraft 1, 2, and 3. And 
I saw the movie with some very diehard Warcraft players. I never played the game. Yeah. And the movie was so rushed that I didn't know what was happening. Like you had to be a, like a yeah, fan. You, you had to know the background right. of the characters already to appreciate anything in the movie. And I, I'm sure the lore for that is... It's intense. Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing as Star Wars, Lord right. of the Rings, these huge franchises that have so much backstory. And it's just like, I was. it was all lost on me because they would make a reference. And I knew they were making a reference, but it didn't mean anything to me. Right. Because... I mean, I never played the games. Yeah. So I think if you give me a Warcraft noob, you know, a couple seasons where I get invested in these characters, then I'm more inclined to like it. Because, I mean, the CGI was really good. Yeah. But there was the, a lot of that one there. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. And But it was just, I didn't care if the main characters died or lived or whatever because they just, they weren't ever giving enough time for me to invest in them. It was yeah. just like, you're already supposed to know why you like the character. Yeah, with movies like that, it's like, they they focus so much on their target audience that they didn't care about the people that this would be a new world for. Right. And, um, you know, either that or they just try to fit a massive amount of information and lore background into a two or three hour window and that's a ton to unpack right i just couldn't understand it like we would talk about the movie like once we got out and they're like remember when so-and-so and they gave a name and i couldn't even picture who that was in the movie yeah like I, they don't introduce characters enough for me for a name to resonate right with me wow so it's like i for an hour and a half, two hours, however long that movie was, I was just like in this weird daze of what the hell is happening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, and that's that's always tough as uh you know, as somebody who just wants to go like watch a good movie and uh, you end up kinda getting things get lost in translation with the movie and well it was a movie that I was interested in because it was a world that I don't know right like I could sit there and be like oh yeah Warcraft or uh it seems like a cool world yeah like the Horde the Alliance it seems like something I would be interested in is it like Middle Earth meets Star Wars type deal or it's it's more just Middle Earth okay I mean it's fantasy okay uh, yeah so it's like and I, I that is a time period or genre that I really like. Like I love medieval style magic yeah. fantasy type stories and it's just this one was just like if I opened to Cliff Notes mm-hmm. and then just flicked through the pages as fast as I could and absorbed <laughs> one word a page. That's what Warcraft felt to me. That's that's tough, man. Well, that's a good one though. Um I haven't seen the movie, but I'm sure you're. I'm sure you're spot on. I've never been a big Warcraft guy, so it wasn't a priority for me to to get that one under my belt. But, um, so for me, I'm I'm glad you I'm glad you mentioned the the fantasy thing. My next one is is also fantasy. It is based on a book series by Christopher Paolini, 
Uh, wrote the first one when he was 16. Fun fact. Not a, not a lot of people know that. Or published at 16. Uh, Aragon. Okay. That movie was an actual dumpster fire. It was... I very rarely leave a theater saying, I wish I could complain and get my money back. Yeah. But... Now, I want you to imagine that feeling, Jarrett. Having not read the books. Right. And think about somebody who has read the books. Namely me. Right. Had to go in there and watch that crab fest. It was bad. And the books were so good. Like, it, probably my second or third favorite series of all time that I've ever read. And I used to read a lot. Right. Especially this genre. I was a big fantasy guy. Um, it, if this movie was a series... And you could really, really go into detail. Um, I, I believe that it would be universally loved on a, on a scale like you rarely see. Well, it's a formula that works. Yeah. Like everything that I know about Aragon, and I don't know much, because mm -hmm. I think I've maybe read half of the first book, but fantasy dragons, knights, magic... It is just... Proven. It's proven. It is something people will watch. And, again, I'm with you. I I was relieved when the credits hit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I was so ready to leave the theater. <laughs> <laughs> That's tough, man. And it's so hard to... It's For me, it's so hard to believe that Christopher Paolini gave this his approval. Well, a lot of the time I think it gets taken away from the author. Like, to backtrack a little bit, Ready Player Two. Right. They forced the author of Ready Player One to have so many references in the book because it was getting greenlit for a second movie. So like Spielberg and Warner Brothers were like, we're not gonna make Ready Player Two a movie, right? Unless we have certain control over the references you have in your book. You know, it makes so much sense. Now I I couldn't pin it like why, but there's there's quite a few on our list that were books, M majority of them. Imagine, honestly. and and so. That makes total sense to me, and it it, it 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 must be extremely difficult because when people read books, novels, whatever, um, at least how I read my process, I read and I, I picture everything for every character, every detail, and so you, you try to for books that are widely considered classics, you have to try to uh, put an actual picture. To the millions of different pictures that people have in their heads. Right, because if I read Aragon, yeah. I would picture what was happening probably different than what you yeah. pictured the characters like for looking me, like. Galvatorix was like the bad guy king. Mm -hmm. To me, he was like Zerg from Toy Story. I don't know. <laughs> it was just right. how I pictured him. Right. But like, it's it's so weird because you have to, as a, as a director of a movie, you, you've got to try to really um make it make it look 
really good for everybody that's read the book or enjoyed it. And that's got to be a difficult task. Yes. And you have to convert it to what looks good on screen. Yeah. Which is also harder to do. Yeah, that's fair. Because you don't get all the, I guess, the subtext in a movie. Right? Like, when it's written, you can kind of see the situation as a whole. Like, the whole scene is being written out, and you're like, oh, this being said is like a subtle hint to what happened here. Right. And you don't get that in a movie. You can't read between the lines when someone's just speaking the, the, the words. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, that was a, that was a big one for me. Cause I, you know, obviously I was a, I was a huge fan of the book series. Um, so yeah. And I didn't know this, but I, I actually just read that this was a New York times bestseller, 121 weeks. Oh, dude, it's... And it got zero film love, in my opinion. It was it was so poorly done. Right, and I get frustrated because they go back and they remake these great movies. Yeah. Why don't we just go back and remake the crap movies? Yeah. And just make them <laughs> Sephira didn't... The dragon didn't even look good. Like... No. Oh, goodness. It looked like... Uh, what's that Pokemon? Uh, uh, see, I, this is not my world, so forgive me. Is it Dragtini or Dratini, something? Dratini, yes. Dratini. Okay, that's what it looked like to me. It was, ugh, it was so cringe. But it was, Aragon was like in that weird time period where they were adapting a lot of young adult novels into movies. Yeah. And they all sucked. They weren't good. And I think we're going to unpack one more of those. All of them. <laughs> Here soon. Uh, yeah, I'm actually pretty excited to talk about that because what you're referencing, and we'll get to it in a minute, is something we both agreed off the rip. Yeah. Like it wasn't even a discussion we had to have. Right. Um, but before we get to that one, uh, I wanted to mention one that's probably a little more controversial. Because I think this movie has a cult following. Okay. And it's Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Yeah, that was weird for me. A little edgy, but... Yeah, because there's a lot of people that love that movie. Right. It, it does yeah. have... It has a diehard fan base. It does. But I just think... I don't know why. But it, well, I mean, it's, I mean, it's like teenage angsty, right? And I think people relate to edgy, off the socio norm, right? When it comes to movies, like they're all weirdly e-girl like the Ted, type, things. like the Ted Burton. Yeah, they're all Twitch streamer esque personalities, right? Uh, but I like the graphic novels. Okay. I hated the pacing. And when, when I looked at my list of movies that I think would be better as a series, it all came down to the pacing. Like, yeah. every, every one of the movies I had an issue with was how fast-paced the movie was. Now, was this something that, like, you wanted more from his interaction with the exes in the movie? Is that... It, I'm not even saying that it has to be a five-season show. But give me eight episodes. Like an eight-part series? Yeah, like a mini-series. Okay. One for each... Yeah, Evil X. Yeah. Or something, but it's like literally every scene in that movie is something different. Okay. It's like Scott in the high school, now Scott's at home, now Scott's somewhere else, now Scott's at a concert. And it, it doesn't. <laughs> like there's flow. no transition? No, it doesn't flow <laughs> at all to me. And I'm just like, how are we getting from point A to point B with no reference? Yeah. And it's just like, oh, here's some attractive actresses. 
forget what you're watching. <laughs> and I think it would have done the graphic novel justice had they slowed it down, world built a little bit better, and let me have that. Yeah. That's, um, you know, that's something I... That, actually, before I... And obviously, we, we did get together beforehand and, mm-hmm. and discuss these things. Um, before you mentioned that movie to me, it didn't even cross my mind. Like... That movie is so far away from the forefront of my thought because I saw it once. I wasn't a huge fan. I wasn't a huge fan of like movies then. I don't think because I saw it when I was younger, um, you know. And then when you said it, it just it just kind of made sense to me. Like that would be a pretty cool concept to have like an eight nine part series um, where you could really unpack it. So well, the irritating part is is graphic novels have been done well transitioning to film. Right. right? 300, graphic novel. Really Sin good. City. Sin City, was graphic awesome. novel. Yeah. Kick-Ass. Yeah. Graphic oh, novel. Kick-Ass was great. So like all these good movies, mm-hmm. or in my opinion, good movies, don't rush just to fit in the entirety of the book like they do it at a time where i care about the characters right i care about the bad guys you know the seven evil exes are just you're lucky if you get five minutes of screen time with (laughs) them and then it's over like he beats them and it's like okay well that was cool yeah i guess how old were they in that movie she had seven exes weren't they teenagers yeah they were high schoolers Man. I mean, the cast was great. The cast was great. I mean, Chris Evans, Michael Sarah, Brie Larson, Audrey Plaza, yeah. Anna Kendrick. I gave, oh, the, oh, the formula was there. Starting to sweat, Jerry. And they just punted. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that's... No, I agree with you. After you brought it to my attention, I was just like, man, that's a... That, that for sure, I think, would have been a, a way better series uh, done correctly. Would have done really well. Um... So for for me now, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a step out into uh, the comedy genre. Okay. And I'll explain why because I don't think a lot of people will agree with me. Super Troopers. Yeah. Now, I know what you're thinking. It was a it was a good movie. It was a good comedy already. What I wanted to see. Maybe maybe not necessarily a series a Super Trooper series, because I love the. The shenanigans that right. goes on, but like maybe like a spinoff for like Farva, right? Somebody that's pretty widely loved by everybody as a character, uh, something like that. But even if it was a Super Trooper series, where you could see like more the the stuff that they, the wild, crazy things that they do on the job, I think that would have been something like like The Office, but for highway. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's. Um, it's an interesting thought. Um, I'm actually, I actually disagree with that. Okay. Because I think Super Troopers was kind of like lightning in a bottle. Yeah. And when stuff like that tries to get pushed too far, it's kind of overkill. Like, could we really handle an entire season of just Farva, or would it eventually I mean, be too much? I think the movie's hilarious. Right. But I don't know if. I could watch it 
for nine hours. See, that's the thing, though, is like, how many times have we seen Blue Mountain State? Right? Similar concept. They're all goofy. Uh, what's the linebacker's name in that show? Thad Castle. Thad Castle. One of the greatest characters ever made. Yes. At, in anything. But arguably, that show's not good. Well, he's, <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's good. Okay. Like, Thad Castle is good. Right. He's the only reason I watched season two and season three. Okay. But season two and season three were awful. Yeah, they weren't good. That's a good point. Yeah. That's <laughs> well, fair. Like, season one was great. Okay. And then season, it was. season two, it was just like, we have to up the ante. Mm-hmm. And the ante was already too high. Yeah. Like, the stuff they were doing in season one as college athletes was... <laughs> Was insane. Is that not real, Jared, as the former college football player? Not or? at Birmingham Southern, it's not. <laughs> uh, but it's just, the show got arguably worse. Okay, so what about, like, uh, like a Brooklyn Nine-Nine-esque, but for Super, for, like, what? Super Troopers? Yeah, Super Troopers. If done right. Like, I mean, the characters are good. I just think. I think so, too. I think Super Troopers is kind of like. Really rich chocolate ice cream, you know. Yeah. Too much is a bad thing. Okay. Because Super Troopers Two was not as good as I wanted it to be. I'm gonna be real with you, Jared, and I'm not proud of this guys, so bear with me. I could not bring myself to watch the second movie because the first one was so good to me. Yeah, and that's what I feel about the series. But if you look, I. I, I don't think Super Troopers got 30% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, I don't know what it is, but I like the popcorn score. But I don't think it was widely recognized until a lot later, right? Does that, I don't know. Um, yeah, let's, I, I, I'd like to look because I don't, I didn't think it was widely the loved. The popcorn score yeah. or the critic score? Either the critics gave it a thirty-five. Okay. The audience gave it a ninety. Oh, wow. Okay. So maybe it was widely loved. Well, that's what they, like it was. <laughs> it was so. It was the first comedy of its kind, being so outlandish, you know, and not in a spoofy, blazing saddles type way, like or, slapstick type, yeah, or airplane where they say some like questionable things that like, oh, how did that get on air? They're just like, these guys were actually insane. And they did it on a, as police officers, which made it that much funnier. And it came out of nowhere. Like, none of those guys are famous. Right. Broken Lizard. Well, Tom Arnold was in there, right? Wasn't he? Yeah. For like 45 seconds. He was was a mayor. (laughs) No, they were spoofing having sex with a bear, so it would call call all the other cops off off (laughs) the tail. But like, you have this group of comedians... Virtually unknown. Yeah. Literally just come out with, I would call it a quintessential stoner comedy. Yeah. Was this before Beer Fest? Or yes. It was before Beer Fest. Yes. Okay. This is probably why Super Troopers is probably why Beer Fest was so popular because we all liked the actors. Yes. Like, and they could bill it as the guys who brought you Super Troopers. And it's right. just like, okay, this is going to be crazy and it's going to be wild and it's going to be fun. And depending on the network you put it on, you can't be what Super Troopers was on 
ABC or NBC or yeah. CBS. No. Like, you just get... It gets so watered down and censored. Yeah, it's bad. It, oh. it, would, it would have had to have been like an HBO show, if anything. That's a fair point that I I didn't actually even consider that because to me it was kind of like the like our Game of Thrones obviously on HBO they don't censor no anything nothing nothing gets censored. So, but yeah, that's a good point because if it wasn't one of the main networks it would just not be fun to watch it's gonna come out like chips or something like lame awful okay that's fair i i will i will i'll concede that i mean it's not that that wasn't a i want you to concede well no it's not it's not that you 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 talked me out of it it's just that you brought up points that i hadn't considered uh really um but maybe maybe I, i if they did do something like that I would, I would probably still watch. I'm mean, gonna tune in. Yeah, just to see. Yeah, I'm curious. And I can be wrong. I would want to be wrong. I love Super Troopers. Yeah, I think everybody loves Super Troopers. Apparently, you got a 90 percent popcorn score. <laughs> I'm telling you. So, well, the critics can suck it. Yeah, that's not a movie critics would enjoy. Yeah, like oh, the monkey <laughs> is sticking its penis through a banana. Okay. All right. So that that was my comedy. That was my comedy hot take. So I think for the last one, the one we agree on, mm-hmm. I'm going to let you lead off because you are the fanboy. Yes. Of this well, series. This isn't the last one though. You have one more. Do I? Yes. Very relevant. We just watched it last week. Oh yes, the Tomorrow War. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Which is also. Maybe a little controversial. I, I saw some things this week. People apparently really love the movie. I mean, people are going to like anything Chris Pratt does. Right. And I can appreciate that. Chris Pratt was not the reason why I disliked parts of the movie. I think the movie did a lot of things right. I loved the aliens and how they were portrayed. Oh, the aliens were phenomenal. They were, yeah, they were always a threat. They, they were, were terrifying. They were always scary. very aliens-esque, the xenomorphs. Yeah. Very much like that. What I would consider an alien threat, uh, they did well. Chris Pratt was fantastic. Mm-hmm. I just thought the movie got slow about halfway through. Yeah. Like, they make, and this is going to have spoilers, so just a heads up. They make the jump into the future. Mm-hmm. There's some action scenes, and then it just starts dragging. Yeah. And it never really comes back. And then when it does come back... It's like the last 30 minutes of the movie and it's time to, there's the pacing issue again. It's just yeah. like, oh, we got, got to go zero to 200 to get all this stuff in. Yeah, it was very, you know, the funny thing was I, I actually messaged you because you watched it a few hours before I got to it. Um, I texted you after the first 20 minutes of the movie and I said they, they tried to fit a lot into these first 20 minutes with just like their regular everyday dialogue mm-hmm. between him and his daughter, between him and his students. That was a very forced, very rushed to me. Um, it's like you said, and again, guys, spoiler alert. It was like you said with the, the volcano kid. Like, what does he want to talk about? Volcanoes. Well, we knew immediately that it was coming up, but they fit that into a two minute window that I, I didn't really like. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that that whole scene was just out of place. Like he's a biology teacher, 
Like, he should know more than the student, in my opinion. Right, and then they meet someone who's actually the head of Georgia Tech's like yeah. geography department. Right, and he still has to go get an answer from a high school kid about volcanoes. Yeah, like okay, uh, there was parts in the movie like when his daughter was talking about in the future, or I guess his future daughter when he makes the jump and he meets his daughter. She's talking about how. Chris Pratt left his family, oh. and he never saw her. And that was never indicated oh. prior to the jump. That made that, me so upset. Like, everything we knew about Chris Pratt's character was he loved his wife, he loves his daughter, and he would die for them. Yeah. Which is why he volu- or got drafted, which is why he even agreed to go into the future, was to protect them. Right. And then you're telling me, at some point in the jump, he just becomes this huge piece of crap that... Yeah. Leaves his wife, doesn't talk to his daughter. Well, you know, and, and look, here's the thing. If if they had even done all that, right, without bringing his own father and their relationship into it, then maybe, right? I don't know how I would feel about, again, spoiler alert, seeing my daughter die, and my future daughter, whatever, die. But, like, they went through the trouble of... Explaining that Chris Pratt's character's relationship with his father was awful. Why? Because his father abandoned him and his mother. So, like, you got Chris Pratt, the the, the all-American guy served four tours in Iraq or whatever. Um, and he's just a stand-up guy. And then in the span of however long it takes for him to make the jump into the future... He becomes his father, the guy that he's so anti, like that he would become him. No, thank you. Yeah, I was visibly frustrated. Right, but if you give me a series of it, and we get these kind of like flashbacks or these jumps in between time about like why Chris Pratt became like his dad. Yeah, like what happened in that? I guess it was a twenty-eight year jump. Or something like that. Yeah. I think he was seven years from apparently dying in a car accident from the time he jumped. So it would have been over the span of like three or four years. Right. So like, well, no, it would have been quicker because she hadn't seen her dad until her 16th birthday when he died in the car wreck. Oh, when he got back. Yeah. So that means from, she was like eight or nine when he made the jump. Right. So... In that five years, or ten years, yeah. it would have been when he became a piece of crap. Let's see, it just doesn't... And and, and I, I very seldomly do I feel like all aspects of, of the time-space continuum in movies are done well. Because like, there's always questions like, well, why don't you just jump back in time and do this, or this, or whatever. Um, but it just... It, it, it was like... The Chris Pratt character before Jump and after Jump were two different personalities that didn't align with what was given to us prior. Right. And I liked how they handled the time-space continuum because it was pretty cut and dry. Well, like, the only explained... Pe- the only people that were making the Jump were people that were dead right. or hadn't been born yet. Right. So if they died in the future war, mm-hmm. it didn't affect... That timeline. Right. And they actually did a really good job of explaining the uh, 
like the what do you call them? Was it boats? He said, yeah, you know, like rafts. Yeah, on the current. Yes. Uh, so I thought that was kind of cool, and they they did make that known that they could only jump to this time. Um, but yeah, it's just the but the character development it didn't make sense to me for Chris Pratt's character to just instantly become his father, you know, after the first jump and and after they had done everything they could to say we don't like the relationship or we don't like his dad, right? Because he abandoned his mom. And his, you know. Well, it's not even like they hinted to them having marital issues before he made the jump. It's yeah. not like we got a scene or two of them arguing no. about, like, I can't do this anymore. It was a very loving, healthy yes. relationship yes. between a husband and wife, between him and his daughter. Everything was was great. The, the, the great American dream, yeah. right? You got the, the, loving, the happy wife, the loving family, white picket fences, the whole nine. And so, yeah, just that didn't matter. I was very frustrated by that um, when it happened. Yeah, I didn't like it either. Especially because it probably had a lot to do with how likable Chris Pratt's character was in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a good point. So, But yeah, I, I think I think you make that movie a series. The flashback thing I think is a great idea where you could see maybe how their relationship fizzled. Yeah, like what happened? Yeah. Because it's something they don't discuss. It was just all of a sudden you're a terrible person yeah. and I don't want to be around you. You are a like, bad dad. And it's just wow. like, yeah, okay. Thanks. I just jumped twenty eight years in the future to try to save you, but yeah. I'm glad I know I was a piece of crap. Yeah. <laughs> Chris Pratt, he, his character looked as confused as we were. What, what do you it's mean? almost like he wasn't given the script yeah. at that point. And he, just had to, he just had to go with it. Um, but no, all in all, it, it was a good it was a good movie. I'm not saying it was bad. It was fine. You should watch it. It's on um, Amazon. Yes. If you have Amazon Prime Video, give it a watch. It was free. I mean, besides your subscription. Right. No reason to not watch it. For sure. Good movie. So, the last one. Yes. Maybe a little controversial. Maybe not. I guess that's fair. They're, they're, uh, it's one of those things. They have a very big following. One of the largest. One of the largest, arguably, in the world. Harry Potter. Yes. I'll say it. Harry Potter. I... I don't know how how much of our audience are fans of Harry Potter. I'm sure there's a few. I'm sure some would agree. I know for a fact my sister agrees with me. It was one of her first thoughts. There are so many things, and I get it. I get how hard it must have been to fit everything into a two or three hour window. Or even, I mean, however long this, the whole series is. Well, it, it's it, funny you mention that. Because my first thought when I brought up Harry Potter was, again, the pacing of it. Yeah. And I was like, these movies were just too short. So I got I got on IMDb. Yeah. And I looked up what every single Harry Potter movie's runtime was. Okay. Because I was like, it's got to be like two hours max. Those movies average two and a half hours. Long. Yeah. And I was like, there's no way those movies are that long. No, they weren't because short. Well, the Deathly Hallows movies were pretty... The Chamber of Secrets was three hours long. It was two hours and 54 minutes runtime. Wow. And I felt like they still didn't get enough accomplished. Yeah. 
man, so many things. So one of my biggest things, and this is probably going to be a lot of people's, but and and really and truly, how Emma Watson is is now a huge activist. Her character was also kind of an activist with the house elves and her relationship with a spew, which was this thing that she came up with and they literally discuss it zero times. Right. And it was such a big part of the books, but there was just, (sighs) well, they left parts out of the books. And then all of a sudden, I think it was in half blood prince. The werewolf guy shows up at, the Weasley's house and sets it on fire and I'm just like I picked up the copy that I had and I was like this, I was like this doesn't happen they don't burn down the Weasley's house like what it, dude oh man you know I was I was the kid that read every book as soon as it came out mm-hmm. I took all the accelerated reading tests for it every year. Yeah. I got me a hot 150 points for all those books. Free pizzas. You know. And so, but, and I get it. And we discussed it earlier how difficult it must be for a a movie director or or a team to get everything in that people want. But for such a widely loved book series, you would think that they, they throw... They throw time out the window with these things, and they they just do it. They they do the whole thing, um, and and they just drop the ball a little bit. Now the casting I thought was great. I think the movies were fine. Yeah, they're All enjoyable. Right? But give me a series. Give me a, give me every chapter as an episode. I want the whole thing. I am hungry for Harry Potter. I want. I want to know all the Weasleys. I want to know Hermione's family. I want to know Harry's family. I want to. I want to see Vernon, Uncle Vernon, and Aunt Petunia, and, and uh, what's the the fat kid's name? I can't remember. Dudley. Dudley. Oh God, I hated him in the, in the books. I just wanted to beat his little face in, right? And he was still despicable in the movies, but you just don't see enough of right. that relationship, and that's what we want. We wanted more of that, so controversial as it may be give me a harry potter series i am the biggest fan i'm watching that non-stop right and i'm not even a harry potter fanboy right i read the books i saw the movie i have not ever wanted to dive deeper into the, the wizarding, wizarding world, world of harry potter it's yeah. not my thing mm-hmm. but i would watch a series I think the unfortunate parts for the movie was they were victim of the time period they came out in. Yeah. So that's early 2000s. Right. Before, you know, like. The quality now is. Right. The quality now, the budgets now are better. Uh, The studios know they're going to get their viewers and these subscribers. Because streaming wasn't a thing. Right. That's true. 2000, like, they weren't paying for subscriptions, they were paying for movie tickets. Yeah. And so you get this thing. It, It was also competing. Against what I think the perfect trilogy of movies is, Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. They were coming out at the same time with a way better budget. Yeah. Like, way better. I think The the Matrix was early 2000s, yeah. too. That was also huge. Right. Um, you know, the early 2000s was like the, the, uh, the heyday for the movie theater. And I'm not saying that these movies were, were done poorly. 
I'm saying for me personally, as a fan of the books, as a huge fan of the books, um, I just I wanted more. Well, I guess it's weird because now as 28-year-olds, we're no longer the target audience. Right. Well, I'm about to be 30, dog. Yeah. 29-year-olds. Yeah, I'm old. Yeah, I'll be 30 before you will. But we're not We're not the target audience anymore, right? Right. So when Harry Potter came out as a movie theater, that was get your kids to go watch. We were those kids. Right. But what they didn't realize was the fan base for Harry Potter was probably already 20 to 30. Yeah. Like it's... People's parents yeah. enjoyed the book. Yeah. Because I know p- who people whose their mom would read Harry Potter just to verify it was age appropriate. Yeah, there was child, a lot of for their child to read it. Yeah. So they read the entire series just so their kids can read the entire series. And you know, we're from the Bible Belt. Oh yeah. And so you have it's it's probably Harry Potter was almost probably bigger in the South because you had the faction of I can't read that because it's the devil. So I'm gonna yeah, <laughs> and so it, it, I'm instantly more drawn to it. Yeah, I'm breaking the rules. Yeah, I'm a rebel, mom. You yeah. can't stop me. Yeah, and if you're from the South, you know somebody <laughs> who couldn't read Harry yeah, Potter I, I, or play Pokemon yeah. because or watch Yu Gi Oh. Yeah, because yeah. it was the devil's stuff. <laughs> And so I think that instantly, when you tell a kid they can't do it, yeah, it's instantly all they ever want to do. <laughs> My mom would not let me watch South Park as a kid. Guess what I did as a kid? Watch South Park. You're damn right I did, Jared. I watched it because I was a rebel. And you know, Mama Shelton, it was right <laughs> to not want him to watch South Park as a kid. <laughs> That's a good point. It's just the curiosity yeah. Of why can't I watch South Park? Yeah. What makes it so bad? Yeah. Challenge me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, they go to sleep at eight. Guess who's got Comedy Central? Oh, man. But, you know, it was just, was, I'm not going to say it was disappointing. I, I love the movies. Obviously, Daniel Radcliffe, Rupert Grant, Emma Watson. The cast was, I think, phenomenal. Um, you know, when you, when you look back at, at it, it's just, you know, I just wanted more. And I think a TV series would have been it. Well, at this point in time, I don't know if it's JK Rowling's doing, but you know, we make these jokes about there's no world of Harry Potter, right? Mm-hmm. Like everyone who comes up with theories about the world, it's just their headcanon. Yeah. Like there's, there's nothing to validate any substance to what you feel like would happen in Harry Potter. Yeah. So why can't we get a series, because we know the books. Right. I mean, a series that rehashes the books would be cool. Yeah. Because we get better quality stuff. But why can't we get a series about the world of Harry Potter? Like, how did Hogwarts become the yeah. number one wizarding school? Who was was yeah. it? Godric yeah. Gryffindor? Yeah. And all the, the heads of the houses. Like, who were they... When Voldemort first showed up, right? What was the world like then? Pre Harry's birth, like a prequel type thing. Yeah, that would have been cool. Yeah, so like, give us something give, that expands. Give me James. Give me Lily. Yes, like all these stories, like in people's heads, that are like, dude, I bet Sirius and James' relationship was awesome. Yeah, because you know they're basically Ron and Harry. Before Ron and Harry. Yeah. So it's like, why can't we get something? Although they seem to be in a a little more. Mischief. 
Yeah. Run it. At least intentional mission. Well, because they didn't have a Hermione kind of <laughs> yeah. reigning in it. Lily was just <laughs> along for the ride, yeah. I would assume. But yeah. there's I that's just subtext I would have to go with what they told Harry in the books. Give me something to expand the Harry Potter universe right. to where I can be invested in yeah. what happens. And I think that was like the the Fantastic Beast thing. I, I wasn't huge on those, but like those weren't what I think the majority of people want. Yeah, I don't care about the monsters of yeah. the Harry Potter. I want something that ties in to... You know what would have been cool for me? was like, uh, you remember... Uh, uh, Lafleur, Le, uh, Fleur de, de, whatever her name was, the chick from the Goblet of Fire, mm-hmm. and then uh, Victor Crumb. Yeah, you know, give me like, the, give me some of their school stuff. Like, let me see what they're like. Yeah, what's going on? What's happening in Wizards in America? Yeah, because there's, a, there's Wizards a, everywhere. Yeah, there's apparently. a U.S. Right. Hogwarts. Yeah, you know. So give me info about this. Like, build a universe. You know, like if you're gonna have a fandom. As big as Harry Potter. And it's huge. It's massive. It is, right. Like, it is, you know, it has its own conventions. Yeah. It has its own theme park. Yeah. Like, do what Star Wars does. Do what Lord of the Rings does. Do what Game of Thrones has done. Yeah. Give me a universe to build off of. Yeah. Not just this one story in one timeline. You know what I would have loved? I would have loved a Dumbledore origin story. The greatest wizard of all time. But how are we supposed to know he's the greatest wizard of yeah. all time? He just comes in as the goat, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. all we know is badass it, Dumbledore. Yeah, it's the stigma he carries. It's right. the way people react Respect him. around him. Mm-hmm. But how? Why? Yeah. Like, obviously he had incidents with Tom Riddle in the past. Yeah. And all this stuff, like... Nicholas Flamel, another great wizard that he was friends with or whatever. Like, he's got yeah. all these... He's got this whole resume built up of greatness that we don't really get time Yeah, back. we... That'd have been a great series. All the cool wizards we know because they're the collector cards on the chocolate frogs. Yes. Like, why is Nearly Headless Nick nearly headless? Yeah. Give us the whole story. Yeah. Just build on it. And well, I, I think they mention it, but I mean, I'm sure they have, But build on it. Yeah. I want to see it. It's just like, why haven't they done it yet? Yeah, I can't. You can't give me a valid reason why they're sitting on their thumbs like that. That literally, we just gave a studio head a billion dollar idea. Yeah, a proven billion dollar idea. <laughs> like this is a money making machine, not unlike Disney. I mean, this, this that's you, the reason why Star Wars keeps putting out stuff. If you're telling me, the, spoiler alert, Mighty Ducks has a bigger universe <laughs> than Harry Potter. They just put out a new Mighty Ducks series on Disney+. Plus, yeah. And I watched every episode. So you're telling me I can't get a Harry Potter universe? Yeah. But I have the mythos of what happens to Greg Goldberg? <laughs> Oh man, yeah. So Harry, Harry Potter, definitely for I think for both of us was the the big one here that we kind of just both like as soon as we said the podcast idea live. By the way, I think we both kind of looked at each other and went, "Yeah, yeah, yeah this yeah, is yeah. this is going to be the big one." Yeah. So uh, for for those of you listening, guys, I'd love to I'd love to hear your opinions. Jared would too. Um, 
Do you agree? Do you disagree? What would you like to see? Um, we love hearing all these things. Um, and also, we're, we're, we'd like to hear some ideas that you guys might have for a podcast. I think we, um, we're, we're going to try to do some stuff that we like if we, you know, if we hear the right things um, that we would do on, on air, right? Is that something that... Yeah, actually, next week's episode uh, comes to you via the brainchild of Anthony Lunekis, mm. my brother-in-law. Cool. Uh, and it's your favorite guilty pleasure movie. Mm. So it's a movie you really wouldn't openly admit to liking or something you know that's universally hated, yeah. <laughs> but you still really like it. And you'll watch it. Probably once or twice a year, just because it makes you feel good. I feel like there's a there's going to be some rom coms mentioned. <laughs> More than likely. <laughs> All right, so let's uh, we're going to do the uh, the movie themed reviews now. And for those of you who don't know, July are American military movies, mm-hmm. um, in honor of like July Fourth. So this week, Jarrett was. So kind as to give me kind of a classic. We our first week was Fury and what was uh, Saving Private Ryan. Saving, yeah, that's right, <laughs> Saving Private Ryan. Um, so I think we were kind of mentally drained, wanted something to take the edge off a little bit, and we decided to both do comedies. comedies. Yeah, yeah, and that was a good time. Yeah, not only was it comedies, it was comedies neither one of us had seen. Had seen. Yes, yeah, which probably made it even more enjoyable. It, it was cool. I love watching the movies. Um, you gave me MASH. Yeah. Which is Mobile Army Surgical Hospital. Is that right? Yes. Okay. That's what it stands for. Yeah. Because I didn't know that before. I knew it was a TV show, obviously. Um, I'd seen like one or two episodes. Um, That's actually a pretty good segue of movies that are better as a TV series. Yeah. MASH. Yeah, yeah for <laughs> sure. For sure. I, we, so we watched MASH. Um, and, uh, Hawkeye's character was great. I think my favorite character is probably Radar. Um, Radar's so funny. He was great. The, the whole, his interactions with the CO and... Where they're just talking over each other. Yeah, like, but he's, he's like repeating everything the CO is saying. <laughs> it was great. Um, so I think we both kind of agreed that this is a movie and, and we, we're not obviously politicians or we're not going to talk politics but this movie i don't believe would survive in today's political climate no it would have been canceled real quick so fast but for the time period i can understand why this movie is considered widely a a classic Mm -hmm. comedy um there's there's a lot of really good stuff um but that stuff would generally apply to a different generation. Mm, yes. All right. I think we can. I think we can agree here on that. Um, but there was a lot of there was a lot of comedy that that I really enjoyed in the movie. If you haven't seen Mash, I would watch it just for the sake of. It's a classic. It's kind of like Pulp Fiction or any other movie that was widely considered a classic movie. You should watch it. To see what see what that's about, and that's kind of what I did here with Mash. But um, no, I I enjoyed the movie, the the dialogue obviously for that time period. Dialogue's really the big, um, 
comedy. Sort of reminds me of like a Larry Curly Moe type deal. Yeah, I mean, it's, and it's in both of our films. Like, the hard thing about military comedies is, is the characters are, you know, soldiers. Yeah. And so it's going to be a little darker. It's yeah. going to be a little more racy. Low, low raunchy. Yeah, because that's just... That's war. Yeah, I mean, it's just... That's what soldiers are. And even yeah. today, you know, usually when you meet a soldier in today's military, you know that you've met a soldier right. in today's military, right? right? Um, you know, my dad was in the Army. Um, you know, my grandfather, Air Force. Um, my mom's dad was Army MP. My... My dad's real father was a Navy SEAL, like huge military family, um, and there, you know, we have our sailor esque moments. Well, I mean, the entire <laughs> premise of Mash is these people are making jokes while they're doing surgery. Yeah, like they're all doctors <laughs> that just, and you wonder, like, I wonder if that actually happens when I go under for surgery. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I'd ever want a guy like Hawkeye as my surgeon. Hawk, Hawkeye was way better than Spotter or yeah. whatever Eli <laughs> Gold's true. character was. <laughs> who, just, uh. who just literally like, yeah, I'm just going to go to Japan to do surgery. Yes, yeah, surgery. I'm going to take my golf clubs. <laughs> he, said, he said I could bring one person. Hey, Hawkeye, you want to come play golf in Japan? Yeah. Yeah, sure. <laughs> No, it was uh no. All in all, though, I did enjoy the movie. Had a good time watching it, and I was fortunate enough to watch it with you. We did the, we actually did both together, so that was we fun. Did. And I gave you, Good Morning Vietnam. Absolutely. Hence the intro. That's a callback. But love that. What can I say about Good Morning Vietnam, besides Robin Williams was a gift mm. that we probably didn't deserve as moviegoers. I mean, wow. I think Forrest Whitaker did a great job. He was great. Um, but Robin, and, and here's the, the scariest part of this, is that this isn't, I think this is Robin Williams in a comfort zone. I don't believe it's his best movie. Oh, no. By a lot. Right. Because I'm a huge fan of... Two Robin Williams movies that I think were better. Yep. And that's A Dead Poet Society. Yes. And. Flubber. No. What? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, the one with Matt Damon. Um, good Will Hunting. Good Will Hunting. Yes, thank you. Sorry. If it's so good, you'd think I know the name. Um, no. But that being said, though, Good Morning Vietnam was phenomenal. I don't know how you actually can act a scene with Robin Williams without <laughs> losing your mind. It's gotta be hard. Well, you just have to train yourself to know that everything that was written in the script is not what you're about <laughs> to hear. Yeah. Because you listen to some of the radio shows he does in that movie and there's not a writer on earth that was that clever, that was that smart to have written those lines for Robin Williams. All of those were improvised. Yeah. And, you know, I was reading an article, uh, or talking to my dad about it, actually, when Robin Williams, one of his first acting things was Mork and Mindy. Okay. Right? Yeah. He played an alien. My mom's name is Mindy, by right. the way. And, and there was like, where's Mork at? Ha, ha, ha. Right. And they said they went through like 15 different Mindys 
before they found the one that actually got the role because none of them could work with Robin <laughs> Williams because they all couldn't keep up with his dialogue yeah. to improvise enough for the scene to flow or they just hated it so much because they would do all this script reading and all these rehearsals and then when it came time to film none of it was being just told back to them they couldn't say their lines because they weren't given lines to respond to yeah true robin williams fashion. true robin williams fashion what dude the guy is just an absolute monster one of one of probably one of my favorite actors of all time he he's done a lot of great stuff that i really enjoy and um you know we I think we 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 lost him too soon for sure, but um, the stuff that he's got that we do get to watch is brilliant. And I think Good Morning Vietnam was brilliant. Well, it's got a little bit of everything, right? Yeah, a lot of comedy. Yeah, a lot of feel good. Uh, it gets pretty emotional. Yeah, at towards the end. Uh, but I mean, it is a Vietnam movie. Yeah, it was a dirty war. Yeah. Uh, you know, it basically is just a bunch of corrupt things happening to Robin Williams throughout the entire movie because he's not conforming to. Well, he's just being censored. You know, he he just couldn't he couldn't give people real news. And I, and I think that would be an issue that real Robin Williams would have. Oh, the best he scene can't censor that guy. The best scene in the movie is when he locks himself in the radio room. Because they won't let him talk about the bomb that just went off at, at the, the camp. bar. Yeah, yeah. Because you know they had the two fact checkers that would circle and x out anything you couldn't say right. that was coming through the reports, and you know he just takes them straight off. Well, himself he was in the there, room. and so yeah. the thing was was like I don't know if it's official news. Well, Robin Williams comes to the studio covered in blood, right? And it's like it's official. Yeah, I was there. Yeah, and he gets in there. He's like. Two people unofficially died in yes. an unofficial bombing in unofficial Saigon. <laughs> yeah, and I think, but I think that's an issue that the real Robin Williams would have. You can't censor that guy, and so I think you, as a as an audience member, you really feel that that hurt, right? And I think he portrayed that extremely well in the movie. I was a big fan of Good Morning Vietnam. Yeah, sometimes I feel like roles are just written with actors in mind and I feel like Good Morning Vietnam was a shell of a movie that would have not been nearly as good had they cast somebody else in Robin Williams yeah I agree space yeah no it was uh, phenomenally done but that was our that was our our theme movies again some great stuff now we have another one we do. There's a couple Next weeks week. left in July. Yeah. So, I've got a movie for you. I also have a movie for you. <laughs> Getting back to a little more serious stuff. Yes, this is... More war stuff. Yes. Um, Bradley Cooper. American Sniper. American Sniper. Okay. Love love Bradley Cooper, first of all. Not, I don't think I've seen that movie either. And I love snipers, specifically. Okay. And every Call of Duty... I've got to be the sniper. Yeah, I'm the the ranged attack. That's why you love shooter. That's right, shooter. Um, Dude. I'm just gonna go ahead and tell you. Okay, you're gonna need to, need to buckle up. Oh, Ooh. because the movie I'm giving you is probably one of the most draining movies 
I've ever had to okay. endure, and I'm, I'll probably rewatch it with you, and I'm not really excited about it. <laughs> um, okay. It's Deer Hunter. Deer Hunter. Like D-E-A-R? No, D-E-E-R. D-E-E-R. Hunter. Okay. Robert De Niro. Oh, love him. Vietnam movie. Okay. It's rough. D- okay. Like it's, <laughs> it, is, it is not... Give me a t- what time period? What are we talking about here? Like, when was it uh, released? Like, is, it, is this an older it, movie? Like in the seventies. Oh. So it came out like like, a young, like like right after Vietnam ended. Oh, so this is going to be a young Robert De Niro. Yes. Oh, that's interesting. I don't think I've seen many young De Niro movies. Yeah, this one is. That'll be fun. That is a word. Was that from Scott Hubbard? Did Scott Hubbard my recommend par- that? My parents will not watch this movie again. Really? They saw it in theaters, and they said it was realistic to a point of being uncomfortable. Really? Yes. And now, obviously, they grew up in that era. Like, they were right. alive during the Vietnam War, yeah. so it was probably more topical for probably them. Probably hits a little different. Right. hits yeah. a little different for them than it does for us, but the contents of that movie are very emotionally strenuous. Mm-hmm. It's basically the antithesis of Good Morning Vietnam. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, so um, I'll do that. Then I'll, I'll watch Deer Hunter, and we'll come back to you next week with uh, some themed movie reviews. Yes. Looking forward to it. Um, and so what was the you, – you went over the, the episode of, for next week. Topic of next week, yep. And it was, again? Uh, favorite Guilty Pleasure movie. That's right. Favorite Guilty Pleasure movies. That's going to be a tough one. I have for you. Yeah. I was scrolling through my favorite Guilty Pleasure movie the other day. <laughs> Almost watched it. <laughs> See, the, the thing is, is I'm like an open book. You know, I don't really care what people think. Right, but there, the I but there I'm sure there's some are things definitely movies that... Yeah. If someone looked at me and I told them what my favorite guilty pleasure movie is, they would say, no way. <laughs> because it's like to a point of, I can quote majority of it. Okay. All right. That's fair. All right. So do you want to uh, real quick talk about what uh, what people have to look forward to? Yes. Uh, I believe we are July 13th. Mm-hmm. So... If you haven't seen The Fear Streets, uh, the 13th, the second one will be out by then. Or, no, I'm sorry, not the, sorry, the 16th. I don't know dates. So, all three will be out by Fear Street. Uh, Pig with... Oh, is that coming out? uh, With Nicolas Cage. Yeah, we watching that. For all of you memers out there, (laughs) I don't know if we're watching it. Dude, um, it's my truffle pig. He is a truffle pig. It's like Liam Neeson's Taken, but with a but with John Wick style animal missing pet action. Yeah. Uh, but that's kind of a more obscure one. Um, you have Escape Room Tournament of Champions. Oh, that looked for good. all the horror fans out yeah. there that saw the first Escape Room. That looked more thriller than horror. Is that horror? It's more. Saw, okay, esque, a lot more gory, tortures type stuff. Mm. Not really my cup of tea. Right. I saw Escape Room, 
It was meh. Meh. Uh, but really, the only one I'll probably be watching next weekend is Space Jam. Space Jam. And that's just the preview once dance. again. That Michael Jam. Jordan is better than LeBron James. Look, listen, guys. Here's that, that's for next week. But, but I'm going to preface it, though, and I'm going to say this. Do not go in there with the same mindset that my co-host Jarrett has. Because he's already predetermined that Michael Jordan's Space Jam will be better. But I think that it will be just as okay as Space Jam was. Critically speaking, I believe it will be just as just as average a movie, just as okay a movie as the original Space Jam. So, I'm going to leave you with that. I'll let Jarrett sign us off. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. We appreciate it. You guys have been great. You're the reason why we do all this stuff. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Um, yeah, we will see you on Monday for the Black Widow spoiler. So be ready for that and sing.